Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on in, glad you got a seat. Everybody get something to drink? Cool. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. Got a lot of news to cover, so let's get right to it. A reminder that the safety Blitz Break Blitz is starting September 16th and is going to run to the through the week of the 22nd. According to the CVSA, most of the inspections conducted during Break Safety Week will be the North American Level 1 inspection, which is a 37-step procedure that includes examination of driver operating requirements and vehicle mechanical fitness, meaning, you know, you got your bolts tight, uh, the lug nuts are all tight, all uh, the belts are tight, you know, your fluids are okay, you don't have a lot of things going wrong. Uh, they'll be conducted in the inspection of the brake system components to identify loose or missing parts, air hydraulic fluid leaks, uh, rotor conditions, uh, measurement of pushrod travel, which is from your um, air chamber, your slack adjuster, there's a rod in the back and they measure that travel. Uh, mismatched air chamber sizes, make sure everything's all matched up across your axles, the, your reservoir, um, if there's any worn linings or pads on the drums or rotors, um, required brake system warning devices, uh, your low air pressure gauge, this kind of thing they'll be checking. Last year the CVSA condensed brake safety week down into two brake safety days. One surprise inspection event was held on May 4th and then another one announced inspection day on September 7th. The CVSA says that during last year's brake safety day inspection blitzes, 14% of all inspections resulted in an out of service order because of brake violations. The CVSA also offered several sets of statistics linking faulty brakes with an increased risk of crashes. Um, it's sponsored by the CVSA in conjunction with FMCSA. In other news, a lethal, um, non-lethal infarction um, results in a fatal truck crashes, which have been surging in the U.S. And people are saying that the government isn't doing much about it to, to fix it, and it should be lethal inaction. A uh, truck driver last year, I'm not going to mention his name, was with Green Transportation. And he was a 38-year-old father of four, and he was a very safe driver who followed the rules. Well, when the ELDs come out uh, last spring, um, and according to his dash cam, that he was inside, which was inside the cab, excuse me, uh, he is looking at his tablet. 
and in his right hand and in this article you know it it um i kind of have to knock this article because of the fact that you know it really blows things out of proportion you know they have to have it to where it's um very uh ludicrous almost that's the only word i could think of right now i'm sorry it's early in the morning this morning and um it's just blown out of proportion you know he was for example you know he's looking at his black tablet at his right hand while piloting the 18 wheeler down the interstate at 70 miles an hour seconds later as a truck slams into the rear of a 2014 toyota camry stuck in traffic outside west Terre Haute, indiana you may have um heard about that accident i wasn't on the air then by oh through facebook or cdl life or anything like that you may have heard about that wreck it does kill four people in that crash you know uh, more than 4300 people were killed in accidents involving semis and other large trucks you see how they're they're really bashing us and really going against the the big trucks they're not saying what the car did in order to um pro- promote the crash or what the car could have done to prevent the crash now i'll give them this that a lot of you drivers are tailgating and i was thinking about this last night when i was preparing for the show um a lot of you drivers are tailgating and i'm talking about you can't even see the license plate on the car now if it were me and i was a legislator I'll mail you three times and you lose your CDL. Plain and simple. There is no room in this industry for that kind of behavior. Tailgating, you're doing going out west doing 80 mile an hour. You don't have to do 100. The speed limit is 80 mile an hour. Go ahead, blow your truck up. How many trucks do you see on the side of the road? Let's push them. Let's push them a little harder. Let's push them a little faster. You know that's garbage. So what this article entails, and it'll be in the show notes, is that the anti-collision, the reason why I brought it up is for the anti-collision devices, they're really pushing hard to get legislation that all trucks have these anti-collision warning systems. They think that's going to fix everything. It's not going to fix everything. Because then, what does it do? It makes the driver even more lazy, lazier, you know, if you want to say it. Because uh, you're waiting for that beep. And pretty soon you tone out the beep as a human being. Like, ah, you know, I'm fine and all this kind of thing. And insurance companies, and from the company I le- I'm leased to, the owner said that if on the new trucks that he's ordering, that if you don't have that on there, the insurance company will drop you. There again, I, I've said this before in other episodes that you know um it's not they're saying it's not that this technology is groundbreaking or unfamiliar many new cars and soon um will all will come with automatic emergency braking and forward collision warning systems you know oh that's great it's cool for teenagers and stuff like this but you know what and maybe little grandma and grandpa too out there that get to talk it or get distracted or something like that but I've heard too many times these automatic warning systems on these trucks slam somebody through the windshield. They didn't have their enough bruises. They didn't have their seatbelt on. They would have went through the windshield because it'll beep, 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 but all of a sudden it'll slam on the brakes if it's not set up right. And sometimes it's still, it's another 
um, piece of equipment that can fail. And you're still going to cause a hell of a wreck. So drivers, put down the cell phone. Stop tailgating. It's just not worth it. You want, you have to make a living for your family and your livelihood. And you kind of like the money that we're making doing this job. Act like professionals out here. Leave enough room. They want cars to leave enough room for us. Well, we got to leave enough room for each other too. You know, this tailgating is just, it's on the rise. And if that car had to swerve for any reason, something's in the piece of something is in the middle of the road, a truck lost something, somebody, a ladder was in the middle of the road the other day. You know, you don't know what you're going to run up on out in the middle of the interstate. You don't always know that interstate is always clear. And besides, most of the interstates are so damn rutted up, you got to bounce around the doggone rut holes. Well, that's another episode. But don't be tailgating. Good grief. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate all my listeners. I really, really do. And I don't mean to rant. But in, in a way, yes, I do. Because I'm trying to use this platform to teach new drivers. Six-second rule. Six seconds from when you pass a post or anything to the car that when that car passes a post excuse me when the car passes a post to when you pass a post should you should count 1001 1002 all the way up to six seconds if nobody taught you that rule six second following distance not any closer there is just garbage i've seen drivers over and over and over again tailgating a car so damn close oh yeah let me get the hell out of my way i'm coming through let him get the hell out of my way that's not how it's done you're not being a professional you know what you're being a jackass is exactly what you're being and i'll call you out on it every damn time i will pull in in front of somebody that's flying just to slow his ass down go ahead hit me I need the fucking insurance. Excuse my language. Go ahead. Hit me. Rant over. Another news. A truck driver hauling hurricane relief supplies was booted and charged $3,000 to get his truck released from the boot. North Carolina Towing Company put the brakes on a truck driver hauling hurricane relief supplies. And they booted his truck and asked for $3,000 to remove the boot. It happened in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he was parked in a shopping center to check on directions to a Red Cross drop-off center. He was hauling 25,000 pounds of hurricane relief supplies, including batteries and medical supplies, from Missouri to a drop-off location in Charlotte. Even though the lot, excuse me, was clearly marked with signs forbidding any truck parking at any time. He, He was in his truck trying to sort out directions when an employee of the towing company attached the boots to two of his drivers and demanded that he pay three grand to remove them. He immediately explained that he was hauling hurricane release supplies but was unable to convince the towing company employee to remove the boot. He also says that he contacted the local police for help but he didn't get any. Uh, Figures, freaking figures. So his boss, the driver's boss, contacted the local NBC TV station in Charlotte, and when they got involved, Carolina's towing company agreed to refund the $3,000 plus $600 in credit card fees. A spokesman for the company called the incident, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. Bullshit! 
and says that they will also be collecting and donating items for hurricane relief. They should, in a, in a guess, gesture of good faith. They should. They should uh, donate a hell of a lot more than that to uh, hurricane relief supplies. You know, that's just, that's just freaking garbage. And there's also um, a video of this that's going to be in the show notes that you could go ahead and see it. Also, no charges will be filed in the Georgia shooting. Let me find it. There it is. At a fuel pump at the Loves in Georgia off of 75. One second. Georgia police says, say that no charges will be filed against the truck driver who shot another driver multiple times during a dispute at the fuel pumps. Now, what did I talk about? Why don't drivers pull up when they're done fueling? It happened about 1, 1 p.m. off of I-75 in Butts County, Georgia. Oh, that's a great name. An argument between two truck drivers began at the fuel islands when the driver waiting behind the first driver at the pump left his truck to confront the driver for taking too long. The sheriff, Gary Long, says that after the initial argument, the driver from the rear truck went back to his vehicle and produced a firearm. Pulled out his gun. At this point, the truck driver at the fuel island opened fire into the other's cab, and hitting the driver as many as three times. The driver, the air, rear truck, was airlifted to the hospital, and at that time, his current condition was unknown. The shooter, who was in the first truck, he stayed at the scene and cooperated with the police. Long says he reviewed the dash cam footage from the rear truck and gathered witness statements. He says that his investigation revealed that the shooter acted in self-defense and therefore will not be charged. Based on witness statements, the victim and the shooter and the video and audio of the incident uh, clearly shows self-defense. He says he thinks he ha- a person has a right to defend himself and that makes my take on this point. So it's getting down to, I understand being upset, I understand being angry. You know, if the guy is out at his truck... And fueling, that's fine. Don't go inside. At least begin fueling, okay? You're going to pull up to a fuel island. At least run your card. Get the hoses in the tank and start fueling. If you have to go to the bathroom. I'm sorry, I'm guilty of that. You know, when Mother Nature calls, I have a tendency of not arguing with her. And I drink coffee, and let me tell you what. I can barely make it sometimes. I know, TMI. But anyway, so... You know, I just, I start fueling, I run inside, use the bathroom, come back. By that time, my fueling is done. Well, the guy, then first somebody pulls up behind me, you know. But if you're in a real tight area, especially at a Loves, there's always a line. I don't care what Loves you go to, there is always a line waiting to fuel at the Loves. To me, I don't even fuel there because they don't give me a good enough price break. I can't even fuel there, so, I'll, you know. But a lot of times I'll run in, by the time I get back, my you know, the fueling is done, I'll top off, you know, and then I'll move on to the def, move on to, because I have a reefer trailer, so I move on to the reefer trailer. This episode of Julia's Trucker Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy. From basic website design, social media marketing, to transcription, Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. 
Contact Julia's Virtual Assistants today by go, clicking on their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com, and hire yourself a virtual assistant today. Now, in other news, Illinois troopers are hiding in Newman tankers, and they're being pulled with, by a red Freightliner up and down the Illinois interstates and highways. And in this article it says, you never know who's watching. Back in August, they conducted a four hour enforcement detail on I-55. And it's called the Trooper in a Truck Detail between Pawnee and Williamsville. Troopers and semi-trucks patrol the interstate looking, using their height advantage to spot drivers who are texting or otherwise distracted. See, these boys are getting smarter and smarter every day. They Officers riding in a tractor trailer spotted violators. Those violations were radioed to officers ahead of the truck. A total of 13 citations were issued, 10 of which were distracted driving, two were commercial motor vehicles. Remember, you never know who's watching. Put your phone down and pay attention. It's up to all of us to do our part, they're saying. And they said they would also like to thank the media for riding along and helping get the word out about the dangers of distracting driving. So always look for that Newman Carriers, the like a, almost like a chemical tanker with a red freight liner. You never know when there's going to be an Illinois State Patrol up there uh, driving the truck. The kicker of it is they're wearing their uniform. <laughs> I'm like, you sillies. You're not supposed to be wearing your doggone uniform. In a bit of good news, let's see if I can find it. The White House issues a statement thanking us truck drivers. It issued a statement offering truck drivers thanks for the service they do for our nation as a part of National Truck Driver Appreciation Week last week. The statement was issued by the White House and focuses on the fact that truck drivers are essential for helping the American economy moving strong. During National Truck Driver Appreciation Week, our nation recognizes that approximately 3.5 million hardworking truck drivers who help ensure the safe and efficient flow of goods across our country. The enterprising and determined men and women who drive trucks are essential to our country's economy, delivering 11.6 billion tons of freight in 2016. Okay, that's two years ago. What happened last year? But anyway, including essential goods like food, medicine, and clothing. Now, this is, I'm quoting here. Truck drivers travel from coast to coast to ensure factories have the raw materials they need and store shelves are sh stocked to meet the demands of our nation's booming economy. America depends on our trucking industry, and it continues to be a major contributor to our country's workforce and infrastructure. The American trucking industry and its drivers advance our economy and provide many Americans a path to a good living in service of others. These men and women work day and night through the harshest conditions and endure long periods away from their loved ones to fulfill their tasks safely and efficiently. In the aftermath of disasters, American truckers deliver. Life-saving supplies lend a helping hand to communities and in, in need and assist in the rebuilding of cities. Our nation applauds the dedication of America's truckers, and we thank them for the hard working they do every day. 
My administration remains committed to supporting these men and women by working with Congress to increase investment in America's infrastructure and by reducing burdensome and unnecessary regulations on the trucking industry. We must ensure that our country's truckers can keep fueling and thriving our economy. That is a quote from the White House. Now, I want to take a moment and I want to share with you a personal experience that happened to me. I'm not saying personal, personal. I'm just saying a personal business, uh, experience with me and my truck. I don't, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just sharing this for all the newbie drivers out here to let them know that it doesn't matter how long you're out here, but crap still happens. So I took a week off over the Labor Day holiday and because of the blitz. So over August 30th through September 6th was my week off. Well, I headed out on Friday, the September 7th, up to Kansas City to pick up my next load. After getting my load, I headed out to my destination, which was Oregon, and it was a Monday morning delivery. Everything was running along fine on Friday until Saturday afternoon. Now, I have a 2015 Kenworth T680. You may see the picture on the website. And I have a variety of gauges on the dash. Two of my gauges are, are for my front and rear drive axles. They are the temperature sensors for the drive axles. They'll let you know when the drive axle is getting too hot. So I was driving across Interstate 80 in Wyoming and I just come out of Cheyenne. And I see my rear drive axle gauge hit the red and I'm thinking oh crap I pull over immediately now this is on the shoulder of the road people and there's no rest area there was no exit no on-ramp no nothing well I'm 60 miles away from Cheyenne come to find out I'm 60 miles away from Rollins I am out in the middle of the desert so it doesn't peg all the way to the red line but it just gets into the red which is not a good thing so I pull over and I go along the right side, so I'm not next to the interstate, and I crawl under the truck, and lo and behold, surprise, 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 all I see is gear oil everywhere. And all I can think of to myself is, man, this ain't going to be good. So I get back in the truck, I look at my GPS where the next truck stop is that's close, and it happens to be Rollins. There's a TA there. I know they have a shop. At least they could look at it for me. It looked to me like the seal blew. Now, what, uh, with your rear axle, you have your long drive shaft from the transmission to your front axle. And then you have a short drive shaft from your front axle to your rear axle. And that's what was giving me the problem. That's where all the oil was, was in between the rear tires, all over the shocks, rear shocks, and everything like this. So... This wasn't very safe, but I did, since I'm buying the truck, I have to pay for the wrecker bill. I didn't want to pay a bunch for a wrecker bill because I know it's really, really pricey. So I took it upon myself and I put my flashers on and I limped it 60 miles at 45 miles an hour. Yeah, I ticked a lot of people off, especially when it came to the construction zones. And they got on the CB and they let me know about it, but I don't care. I gave it right back to them. Sir, if you want to come up here and you want to fit my in, fix my input shaft seal for me, please do. I'd be more than appreciative. Otherwise, keep your dog on mouth shut, is exactly what I told them. Well, everybody shut up. 
because we all know that one day you're going to break down on the side of the road. And you know what? Over, I have to say close to 100 trucks passed me, and that one person, only one person, asked me if I on the CB if I was okay. This is how inconsequential we have become as drivers. This is how we don't give a shit about each other no more. We used to be a family out here. Everybody's out for themselves. Everybody is cutthroat. Everybody wants to run you over. Then just have a little bit of freaking patience. If somebody's walking across the parking lot, they're going to be out of your way in a minute or two. What is a minute or two? You know, if you're running late, well, guess what? You should have woke up earlier. You know? So, have a little bit more common courtesy out here. I'm dealing with a lot of men. There's most of the women that I run into are running team. So, you know, they don't, I don't feel they, they deal with what I deal with out here. I really don't. Every place I deliver to, I run into maybe one or two, two women at a time at these. And I deliver to a lot of grocery warehouses, you know, a lot of cold storages and stuff with running a reefer. It's mostly men. Or, you know, the woman sleeping, the husband's up, you know, they can't back up. You're running team and your teammate won't let you back up. That's another, that's another episode, you know. So I just, I just don't get it. I really, really don't. But anyway, back to my story. I'm sorry I digress. So I limped it 45 miles or, or 45 miles an hour, 60 miles to Rollins, the TA truck stop. And I so wanted to pick, take a garbage bag and pick up all the trash that drivers leave on the back parking lot over there. I really, really, really did. But I ain't your mama. So I finally get it into the shop because they were booked. Now, Kenworth closes at 5 p.m., I find out, in Cheyenne. And they close at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Now, this is Saturday. Then they close at 5 p.m. in Rock Springs, which is another 100 miles away. Literally, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. So, I find this out, and the TA ain't going to get me in to find out exactly what's going on. So, I'm like, look, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And worrying about this truck, you know, your adrenaline's pumping. It just wears you out even worse. So I go ahead and I tell him, let's check it out Sunday morning. So we check it out Sunday morning. He crawls on in between the, the two drives and uh, shakes the short drive shaft and it shakes all over the place. He said, well, that isn't good. Not only it's your seal, but it's also some bearings that hold that shaft tight. So it spins right in the rear end. Uh, against the gears and everything else. So, hence, I still have to get it towed. Now, mind you, I'm underneath a um, a perishable load, I mean. I can't leave the trailer. So, I can't just get the tractor towed. And because it's a rear end out, they can't tow them both together. So, that means double expense. They, I have to unhook from the trailer which that's not a problem. I could do it, you know, carefully. And as long as I didn't go any, I couldn't go another 100 miles like it was because I would burn up the, the rear end. And I have to get it towed. But they have to tow it what's called piggyback or backwards. So when you see a truck being towed backwards, that's the reason why the rear end went out in it or the transmission or something like that. So I, I found a wrecking company out of Rollins and for a hundred miles, it was sixteen hundred dollars. That's one thousand six hundred dollars 
to tow both vehicles. The trail, they brought another truck, hooked up to the trailer, drove the trailer to Kenworth in Rock Springs from Rollins, and then the tow truck dragged my tractor over to Rock Springs. So I was broke down for over five days, hence why I haven't recorded in a while. That's the long story short. That's why I haven't recorded in a while. So I just wanted to share that story with everybody. They were able to order the parts. It was a pilot bearing in the drive axle or the rear end that failed. So luckily it was still under warranty. I have a 750,000 mile warranty on the truck. And so all it cost me was $1,600 to get the truck fixed. So I want to give a big shout out to the Kenworth and Rock Springs for putting up with me, number one, but for also helping me find a hotel that's pet friendly and also accepts cash and one that has a shuttle that came to Kenworth, picked me up, took me back to the hotel and just putting up with me and talking about the show for they put up with my butt for almost five days three four or five days they really helped me out with dana spicer because they ordered the parts to come in wednesday and dana spicer didn't put them on the truck so my truck wasn't fixed till thursday i was able to you know get to oregon safely unload and then reload now i am um just got offloaded in ohio and so now I'm also broadcasting the show in the lovely town of London, Ohio, watching it pour down rain and at the TA. And with, like I said, what's cool, nobody knows that I'm broadcasting live in the parking lot. But anyway, so a big shout out to the gang at the Rock Springs Kenworth dealer. Thank you guys so much and gals for putting up with me and my puppy dog. Uh, fixing my truck you did an excellent job Michael uh, for fixing my truck he was a mechanic that done it Corey in service department Brian and um, other parts people over at in the parts department so thank you so much for all that you do and I want to go ahead and wrap up the show today it may not be as long as I'd like it to be But um, it is a a lot to do with, you know, what happened and this kind of thing. So until next time, keep the shiny side up and we will see you next week. (laughs) 